Upon a successful attack, this sword steals the underwear of the defender, causing penalties to movement once chafing begins. Seriously. Who writes this sh**? Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Carpe GM Gamecast. Recommended by four out of five geeks. What about that fifth one? He's retarded. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. He also only shows up sometimes. Oh. It also reflects an 80% approval rating, which isn't as good as I would have hoped. <laughs> I also heard he was a Call of Duty player. Yeah. Probably. That really, said? Really into Battlefront. I'm Dan. <laughs> I'm Steve. I'm Brian. Still Tyler. And I'm Mac. How you doing, guys? Eh, good. I'm superfluous. <laughs> All right. You're extra. You're. Yeah. You're. We. Could, you could just not be on the show. Extra Steve. No way. <laughs> extra. Extra Steve. Now with extra Steve. <laughs> now with fifty percent more Steve. Gamecast. Now with extra Steve. Dangerously Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a we got a couple of announcements. Not a whole lot going on. I uh, just wanted to say. Last episode, we were doing the contest um, resolution, and uh, I had mentioned that there was an overwhelming response about um, our podcast on podcasts and the post online with all the reviews we did. And no response to the contest. No, no, no. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> overwhelming response. All but four I, people that listen to this show. I failed to mention that Troll in the Corner, Ben Gerber, got back with me on that, too, and... um. I don't want to put him out, but Jesus, he's, man. he's, uh, he's, he's got some plans of his own, which, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. And as far as the contest is concerned, as of the recording of this podcast, I haven't heard back from all of the winners. I'm going to shoot an email soon to everyone I haven't heard Wait, back any from. Any of the winners? No, I've heard back from oh, some of them. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I'll shoot an email out to the winners just to get them to listen to the episode without spoiling what they won. So if you haven't sent me an email, do do so so I can get uh, get your stuff out to you. Stop being lazy. Stop checking your important work emails. How dare you? <laughs> this Don't is what's important. Don't be crazy. Don't be lazy. Okay. Check your emails. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I guess on announcements, like this is this is kind of a big one. Not really for us, but for Dungeons and Dragons. Dan, I know what you're going to oh. say, and I completely support you in this decision. I, yeah, I've heard of this. We're game. all behind you on this. We're all behind. Yeah, this isn't going to change. You don't have to move to California. No, nope. all your friends and family are behind you. Yep. Thanks, I appreciate that, guys. But we're not doing the podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got some emails from Wizards of the Coast. They are now re-releasing the. Oh, I heard about this. old. Editions of Dungeons and Dragons books on PDF again. Well, I heard today that they are re well last year they released all the second first edition books right. in hardcover. Right. They're doing the same thing with the second edition books this year. I will own Hard them covers, all. They're reprinting A D and D. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. It's second ed, man. Those are two different things. They are? Yeah. They are. 
Uh, whatever. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I got a I got a review All this copy before I was born. <laughs> they sent me a review copy of um, first uh, deities and demigods, which is extremely old. I have a copy. Uh, I do too. Is it also D and D? Yeah, and uh, Children of the Night was an, uh, an adventure module from them. But mm. I saw that and I got really excited because that means big things for Wizards of the Coast's attitude toward PDF releases. So they may not be boycotting the online market anymore. Well, that's huge. Pathfinder releases everything they put out in PDF. Right, and so does just about every other publishing company ever. Um, <laughs> Wizards of the Coast has been the last bastion of print-only books. I can books. remember when it was a big step for to get them to put the like 3.5 character sheet up online. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it was tough to find character sheets for a while because you had to go to their website and find it in their, like, yeah, it was in a really esoteric part of their webpage. And then you had to like download it. It couldn't you had just, to like yeah. sign up an account. And and they're yeah. all like, "What's the internet?" You couldn't just open it and print the page. You had to you had to yeah. roll to see if you could find it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a flat, no modifiers. No mod- yeah. yeah. They want you to tear the pages out of the tear the the uh, pages out of the hardcover books, yeah. and just every time you need to make a character buy a new book. Buy a new book. Page <laughs> well, they actually. They did sell 3.5 character sheets that were class-specific and some that were generic because they, did. they didn't make one yeah. for every class, but you only got one copy of each, <laughs> so you either had to have a copying machine or buy that folder over and over and over again. <laughs> I mean, so if you here's have a how gaming old store where you can get a freaking thing, you should be able to, that, you should be able to find a copy machine. Here, uh, There was a product from TSR that was Dungeons & Dragons character sheets. It was just a pamphlet of them, like applications. You just tear it off and you have another one because nobody really had a copy machine. If you've ever tried to play a spellcaster past level five and three point five, you would you don't really want to use their character sheets anyway. Yeah, because the spellcasting thing is like this small. Yeah, it's and a little like, box. <laughs> it's like I many- think I have mage hand, but it also could be mage ham, and I'm not sure what that spell does. <laughs> mage ham, mage ham, it gets you drunk. It's yeah. kind of like rum, rum ham, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> mage ham. That's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, that's pretty cool. Um, Wizards of the Coast back on the cyber market. That's um. I don't really know what that means as far as the... They want you to rebuy their old books. I so probably will. they to do it any actually. way they possibly can. You know, I, it, that, that's fine. I'm just happy they're embracing the technology. I mean, and pretty much the way publishing is going. I mean... If with, they start marketing themselves on the internet, this only ends in one place. Well, the, the, my idea of it is... Well, 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 Where, where where's the place? Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons porn. Oh, that's... Exists. I'm sure that's... I'm pretty sure that's already there. <laughs> oh. I, the thing is, okay. I'm talking about is, you know how easy it would be for me to get on the computer right now and oh, yeah, download absolutely. a copy of every second edition book, and it would take about 30 minutes, and they know that's possible now? Now they're just trying to make you pay for it. No, the, I don't have a problem with <laughs> like that. It's already you know, going to happen. <laughs> put it out there, because the people who like it will buy it. Um, yeah. All the other games that are being published and everything, they all run the same risk. Even the games that were only released in print run that same risk, because someone's scanned them in and made a PDF out of them. I believe this is the support the hobby part of our Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Go yeah, buy yeah. your second edition Dude, Dungeons & like Dragons books from drive through like every D&D. <laughs> like, I think uh, ever. It, it has a lot to do with like the fact that D&D came out way before the internet. Yeah, absolutely. So, that, like, when these new so you're games, like their old codgers and they're yeah. like, I'm not going to use those new Basically, these, these newer games like Pathfinder <laughs> is, is and that stuff. The code oh, yeah. They have you so seen 4th edition? Well, have you ever seen a copy of a second ed book that wasn't beat to hell? Like yeah. all right. the, the, when when Pathfinder and stuff came out, they already had really really tech savvy uh, 
employees and personnel. Yeah. So whenever like Well, they were running online publications. Yeah, stuff, right. So. Whenever whenever stuff would come out, they would instantly like be on the ball and be taking stuff down from like Rapid Share and whatever people get their yeah. books illegally pirated books from <laughs> these days. And where where do you get your illegally pirated <laughs> books from these days? I haven't checked in a long time. You <laughs> I just buy stuff. You Mac. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. It's pretty exciting with the D and D next thing coming up and whatnot. Um, so let's move on to our horizon. All right, welcome back. Uh, how about that music? <laughs> little, little quick story about that. That is, uh, the band is called Charlemagne, and the song is "The Blood Verdict at Verden." Yep. And uh, Brian, what's uh, what's so special about this song? It's Sauron singing metal. <laughs> <laughs> he was so geeked to show me this whenever he's like, it literally is Christopher Lee uh, in this band singing the uh, the chorus parts. And it's just. Bills the blood of the Saxon men, <laughs> and that castle is just on fire. Go watch the video on YouTube. A few months YouTube. ago, they released a music video for this song that they recorded a few years ago. There's an album that goes along with it, concept album, right? Yeah, it's all about the he put the other the one dude singing it is young Charlemagne, and he plays the ghost of Charlemagne. Yeah, and he's like trying to tell his young self not to f it up. It's, re <laughs> it's, it's reasonable to uh, notice in the uh, the video that uh, Christopher Lee's the only guy in costume. Yep, I don't <laughs> that know. is pretty funny. I don't know why young. Charlemagne's like holding the sword, but wearing like a leather, leather jacket, jacket and <laughs> black cargo pants in front of the but, burning castle. Right? Why, why is this castle on fire? It just is. <laughs> it's getting yeah, a lot, so anyway, that band's getting a lot of press lately because Christopher Lee also just released two uh, metal versions of Christmas songs this uh, here for Christopher the Lee. Christmas, so. Yeah, he loves um, death metal apparently, and he really tries to break onto the scene. But <laughs> Saruman just became like. Five times badder than he was the first yeah, time I saw him because cool. he's a death metal. It's absolutely true. You're suddenly going to notice that he has black nails and stuff right. when you're right. watching the movie. Timo Boucher is the sh. I don't remember the scene where he bites the head off the bat. <laughs> Instead of doing like the, the devil fingers, you're going to be doing the, the white hand. Yeah. <laughs> white hand. White hand. You can know why he's like he teamed up with Sauron now because he's like super black metal, like <laughs> Amon Amarth. Isn't that the name of Mount Doom in Elvish? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. That's also the name of a metal band. That's hilarious, Steve. What have you been up to? Uh, I read some comics. It's a radical notion, I know, but I did. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. You mean you haven't played Heroclix? No, he did yeah, earlier okay, today. Yeah. <laughs> That's going pretty well. Uh, <laughs> Are you looking forward to that same set coming out? A big, uh, <laughs> still waiting for that set. A to big come out. Uh, pivotal, pivotal book just came out in uh, comics. It's uh, Sp Amazing Spider-Man seven hundred. Okay, it's done. Fifty so years, over. fifty years of Amazing Spider-Man. It's done. Peter Parker's dead. Who killed it? Whoa! Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Was that a huge spoiler? A huge oh yeah! Spoiler. spoiler alert! Steve just <laughs> dropping it. Wow. It's hot. Um, okay, so, so that's carry interesting, on. Steve. How does he die? <laughs> what happens? I think I see someone across he, the street jumping out of a building. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you know about this? Have you heard about this? Yeah. I had, no, he I've just, heard about I had not heard anything about oh, this. I it's didn't a know crazy story. I I, did I tell you about this, Dan? No. Okay. no one, he's dead in the Ultimates universe, and now he's dead 
in the regular Marvel, yeah. Marvel universe. So are they ending the franchise, or are there still no, five no, or no. six There's Spider-Man like books? Like still keep listening. Four Spider-Man books. But okay. what happened was, so Amazing Spider-Man. It's this is issue seven hundred. It's been going on since like sixty-three. Right. And uh, at the beginning of the the last three issues, you realize that somehow, and I mean, I won't go into all the detail that uh, Doctor Octopus Otto Octavius has like mind swapped with Peter Parker. So Peter Parker, for all intents and purposes, is in Otto Octavius's body, which is now just like a dying old husk yeah, of an he's old got, man, like, cancer or something. He's like dying, yeah. right? And Otto Octavius, for all intents and purposes, is in Peter Parker's body. And he knows, like, all his friends. He's hanging out with, like, MJ, and he's really, like, mean to her <laughs> and stuff. Creepy. And he's like, shut up, woman. I'm going to slap <laughs> you. And at the end of issue 700, they're having a huge fight, and they fall out of a building, and they're in the middle of the street having a big fight. And the whole time, uh, Otto Octavius, inside the body of Peter Parker, is exploiting the fact that this whole time, Spider-Man has actually had super strength. So he like punches Scorpion's jaw off and stuff. Like the whole time, Spider Man's been pulling the punches. So Otto Octavius right. in in Peter Parker's body is just full on super strength now. So he's like punching people and killing them. <laughs> so in the middle of the street, he Otto's about to he lifts up a car. He's about to kill him. He's about to kill Peter Parker basically in in Otto Octavius's old dead body. Yeah, and he. Peter Parker in Octavius's body looks up and he's like, I'm going to make you remember all the people that I basically got killed and like all the people that I've helped and stuff like that. And in Peter Parker's body, Otto Octavius goes through like an instant personality swap. And he's like, you're dead anyway. I don't have to throw this car on you. You're about to die in the middle of the street. I'll go ahead and take over for you, but I'll do it better. So now this is turning into Superior Spider-Man, the new title where it's with Doc Ock as Spider-Man. Doc Ock is he's Doc good Ock's now. Personality as yeah. Spider-Man. He's inside Peter Parker, and wow. he's just he's got Doc Ock's brains, and he's like a gadgeteer. Spider-Man's basically like a gadgeteer, more or less. All right. Now. Wow. Yeah. J- without having read it, <laughs> this is one of the dumbest storylines I've. Ever oh, ever <laughs> that's cool. I think it's cool. So it's I think almost it's as bad as Brand New Day, and it's really funny that both <laughs> oh. of those are Spider-Man lines. No, dude, That's this amazing. is kind of cool. Is ignorant. I think it's interesting. I mean, I'm not even a Spider-Man fan. I just got it because like, I know it's pivotal, and I wanted to have the last three issues of a series that's been going on since 1963 look i I picked up the first issue of superior spider-man and i started looking at it and like peter parker's ghost is like talking to him and shit like that so he's like a total Uh, a-hole to mary jane too he's like women i I got work to do (laughs) but it's weird because it's like in the first issue of superior spider-man it's almost like she likes it like like peter parker was never like mean enough to her so she like kind of gets off on it or something I don't know. great so, so superior spider-man friendly neighborhood spider-man has turned into uh shades of gray spider-man it's sexy yes. yeah great brian how about you i have a problem it's okay <laughs> which, i, I which got one? nothing you guys already used it yeah you want to uh, check off a list or yeah you can do that later but um right now my problem is i love this game but it sucks what game is this, and why does it suck? Last time I said to support Guardians of Middle Earth. Yeah, and I love it, and it's super fun. But it sucks. Why does it suck? Because the servers are total crap, and you cannot complete a single game without dropping or disconnecting 
or you, you, it's impossible to play a single game on it. And it costs money. It cost me fifteen dollars to get it. Not a bad asking price. But if I paid fifteen dollars for nothing, I'm pissed. And it makes me even more mad because I like the game and I can't play it at all. So apparently, and like the, I've gone on all the forums, looked up everything, and the only response is we're working on it from Monolith Games or whatever that is, whatever company makes it. And there's really just been a shutout to the community. Just not telling them what's going on or the progression. Well, or that's anything. not good. There's too many options out there. Yeah. They it's, probably weren't even expecting a community. So that's why now, they were just kind of like, what's going on? Now, all of a sudden, you've turned to the Carpe Diem community into like a strike force. I'm if angry. If you're listening, send them an email for oh, Brian. Oh, they're getting emails. It's a MOBA, right? <laughs> it is a MOBA. Yeah. Do you know the history of MOBAs at all? I mean, I played Warcraft 3. Starting as uh, Defense of the Ancients. Yeah, I've, I've played most of them. Do you know the litigation history of MOBAs? Well, you know, like how they've been... Of, yeah, so Heroes of New Earth yeah. and, and Lull and... Yeah, uh, the creator is are, basically are hiding. suing each other. Yeah. yeah. And there's criminal charges on some of it. Industrial espionage yeah. on the part of the... Yeah. Of Icefrog, who created Defense of the Ancients. He's probably hiding in a cave somewhere and, like... The... So what do you want to bet Guardians of Middle-Earth got hit with a cease and desist from, like, four different companies? Hmm. I don't. I Story don't got a think whole that's lot more the, interesting. anywhere close no. to it. Nah, I, I, because it's a different game. I mean, it is a MOBA. I mean, one of the problems with this is that there's is that the guy who invented it says that he invented that game concept and no one else can use it. Like, I don't know if you remember a while back, Wizards of the Coast tried to, uh, they tried to copyright role playing games, trading card games, collectible card games, anything in which you turn a card sideways as a game mechanic, mm-hmm. like. So like they, you hear about lawsuits in, in in between like Apple and Sony and a bunch of those sort of stuff, and you hear about these firms yeah. that are just putting together uh, patents just so they can yeah, sue people, just in but, case. Yeah, but the, but it's going on in the gaming companies too. If you don't think so, Dota Dota was just a mod though, wasn't it? So the guy that created like an unofficial game, a mod, wasn't is, even a mod. It was it was it was uh, in game. It was create. It was it was in game <laughs> creation. With it was their a custom map game. editor. So a community created thing, and he's yeah, he's which suing actually because of which it. actually. Blizzard potentially has the rights too because if, right. you look, if you look at the terms of use agreement that you sign when you do that stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure Blizzard can touch this. They just need. I to... don't think Blizzard wants to. Yeah, but they're they're really the biggest either. license that has their hands in it now is was it uh, who's uh, Lord of the Rings? Not oh Monolith. No, who? Uh, what's the studio that owns Loader? What, Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings? Rings? Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm pretty sure the family Monolith Games it. is making that game, but are you talking about like Warner Brothers? Yeah, it's the Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But I'm just saying, it's like back to my problem. I'm just, I still like. <laughs> it's a fun game. I, I do not. I like the concept of those games. I don't like to play them on the PC because I'm bad at it. And I really like this game because it's a console only game. So it makes it, the controls a little more easier on me. And there's just a different dynamic to it. And I like it a lot. But it's unfreaking playable, and it pisses me off. I really, really wish it was playable. Send him an email. Just play Dota 2, bro. No. I'll send you a key. <laughs> no. No. That's all I play. Yeah, I got three different people telling me they'll send me Dota 2 just, keys. And hey, just I will. Make the I've got game. Like 10 of them. Just put out a game that works. That's <laughs> all I want. Dota. Yeah, Dota was fun. I, I played a lot of Infos, but. That was fun, too. <laughs> all right. Sorry Dota to hear about that, Wars. Brian. Whatever. <laughs> Tyler, what have you been up to? Let's see. Um, I've been watching a lot of speedruns on Twitch TV. Yeah, speedruns of old video games. Nice. Oh, I was watching <laughs> Twitch TV earlier. <clears throat> anyway, the the um the main speed speedrun game is actually Super Mario sixty four, 
but now it's gotten to it's evolved to the point in the speedrunning community where that's a boring game to speedrun, and now everyone's rushing to find better games to speedrun. Okay. Um, namely, I've been I've been watching speedruns for about six months, pretty actively actually, and um, the most popular ones are actually Zelda games, all the all the variants of the Zelda games, like um, uh, Ocarina of Time is okay, a how highly long? highly optim. What's that? How long? How long Ocarina of Time. How long is the speedrun? Ocarina of Time, um, world record's like 49 minutes or something like That's that. That's retarded. Jeez. Wow. <clears throat> there's a lot of skips. There's a lot of crazy crap you can do just to like skip key components of the game. And what was developed is this thing called uh, Any Percentage, where you don't necessarily have to get all the items in the game or all the heart containers. You just have to complete the game. Mm. Like satisf- And people have found in that, um, through that, is like the very bare minimum requirements in completing one of these Zelda games. Yeah. Okay, so how long for the uh, Mario 64? Mario 64, um, 70 stars is like 48 minutes, and then 120 stars is like an hour and a half. That's craziness. <laughs> I think the the record for the original Half Life is about forty five minutes too. Yeah, yeah. Like there, you there was you crazy, have to exploit like a lot of. There's a crazy yeah, speed run for those games too. So really, I just I watch a ton of that. Like it's every it's so interesting to me because everything is so like highly optimized. Like <clears throat> every single like flip, every single roll. What if they miss one attack? Then they, they, they start they, all they over. Start all over. Mm-hmm. So they can be two two hours into like a Legend of Zelda Wind Waker run. And there's a glitch you can do in that game where you die, but you, you connect the Game Boy Advance to your system and you do like a, a ghost levitate glitch where you go from, from like the bottom to the top of a dungeon. And if you mess that up and you're like two and a half hours into a run, then it's over. You just reset and you <sighs> and, and you go again. There's a guy. That's weird. It's yeah. so hardcore. So there's, like, a, uh, some, there's a thing now where it's kind of like a speed run, but only it's for the original Mario for the NES. You have to get through it without getting any points. You get from like so at least in the first stage I've seen a guy get all the way through it without getting a single point. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, <clears throat> I don't doubt it. That's really cool. And then people are just like people are so hardcore that do these speed runs. They're like they freak out about RNG, which is like random number generation and like enemies and stuff. And that stuff can totally bone them on speed runs. And it's just really intense when they're getting down to the nitty gritty and they're like almost about to beat a world record like there there's individual benchmarks for each part of the game and um there's a constant tally going next to them showing how far behind the world record they are or how ahead they are and really just like every stage of the game is like you know it's like uh it's everything to them always chasing the line exactly there's a bunch of splits it's crazy cool like twitch tv huh yeah twitch.tv uh backslash srl for speed runs live I, I watch it all the time. Cool. Uh, they also do, Twitch TV also does the uh, Evo uh, tournaments every year, the big Las Vegas and uh, fighting game. Extra virgin oh, yeah, olive oil? Yeah, they have a ton of that. They have a ton <laughs> of the, the Dota that we mentioned earlier, um, World of Warcraft. Like you said, Street Fighter Four is actually pretty big on that too. Yeah, we were watching um, some of that the other day. It's really fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom, any of yeah. those like competitive games with like uh, where they know like hitboxes. Right, where there's stuff, like yeah. if there's MLG for it, there's definitely a Twitch TV or like a hundred channels for it. So it's pretty cool. Cool. All right, Mac. How about you? Uh, I have been on an extended hiatus from my usual game, World of Warcraft, and have recently picked up, played a lot of LOL, played a couple other things. Um, hence my conversations about Dota 2, but I've recently picked up Star Wars Online, or what do we call it now? Old the Old Republic. Swator? Yep, Swator. <laughs> or Tor, I guess is what the, their community decided to call it. Um, having a lot of fun with that. Uh, Bioware's, you know, uh, multiple uh, conversation system. 
you know, pre-gen stuff, all cinematiced out. It works really great. They throw it in all the time. Um, it's the Mass Effect engine. Yeah. Yeah. The first dungeon that they had used it a whole lot more than most of the other dungeons. I remember they call them flashpoints. Um, they're basically instance group runs. Used it a whole lot more than any of the other ones that I've run since then. You can kind of tell they spent a lot of time in their low-level demo one. Um, but I've been having a lot of fun. The The quest chains are really interesting. All the characters have, you know, individual storylines. That one's been around for a while, though, right? Year or it's two. It's been out about a year and a yeah. half now, I think. Yeah. I remember um, a kind of a controversy with that game was that like the develop the devs were like this game will never go free to play and then like six months later it's like well totally went free to play we're going free to play well that's they didn't think it was ever going to go free to play when they origi- originally released it but they released it and it was just buggy as hell uh, the code's completely uh, opaque so like it's almost unmoddable like it, it has a lot of problems and they've been patching stuff in like I'm in patch 1.5 which apparently just came out. And apparently earlier this year, patch 1.3 came out, which allowed for combat logs for the first time. So for the first <laughs> time, you could wow. see what you were doing. Like, But anyway, you know, I'm not playing it to raid right now. I'm playing it for the storyline and to, you know, get the feel. And I like it. My, my character does force lightning hands all the time. <laughs> I actually put my lightsaber away when I enter combat. That's pretty cool. <laughs> did you know, speaking of MMOs, did you know that uh, DC Online has been free to play for a while? Yeah. They are, you know, they're still coming out with stuff for that. Yeah, they just they released. They just released the new yeah. thing like today or yesterday. Like it's Joker stuff, isn't it? No, that was a little. That was like three months ago, and okay. then like another thing came out today or soon, or a trailer came out or something. Huh. Like I, I'm really interested to play it. I was just like speaking of trailers. I was what got me into start to to, to uh, uh, tour to the, to the old republic was. Rewatching their release trailers, that trailer which are sick. amazing, so good. And They're you know really what? Sick. If you watch DC Universe Online, best mm-hmm. trailer ever for anything. I love it. Yeah, it's really great. Watching Black Adam say Shazam is just awesome. All right, so uh, for me, I have had a couple of birthdays in my house. Right. I now have a 14 year old stepdaughter and a 16 year old stepson. Can he drive? Happy he, birthday. He's. He'll be getting his driver's license soon. So those of you in and around Do Alton, so. stay off the sidewalks. It's probably <laughs> safer. In no. St. Louis news today. He does a good job. <laughs> Recent manslaughter charges. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's doing he's doing real good. And uh, it's just crazy. 16 years old, you know. Uh, and feel old? This morning, I don't feel old. I think they're old. Isn't it, isn't <laughs> yeah. it crazy that <laughs> they're old, not you? <laughs> when, you think, when you think back that... When we were in high school, that there was a parking lot full of cars that were owned and driven by sixteen-year-olds. Isn't yeah. that like scare the hell oh, out of you? That's why yeah. there was like an accident every <laughs> single day. I mean, I got into a couple minor ones, but it was just kind of understood that you just like hand waved it. You're just like, uh, oh, dude, that parking sorry. lot was. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, and I was it's like, so Good dangerous. God, I feel, I feel You're lucky to be alive. I used to have to yeah. drive through it on my way to work, watch them all come racing out. I was like, I remember doing that. Slow down! (laughs) (laughs) Old curmudgeon. Uh, Speaking of old, my 14-year-old stepdaughter, not recently, um, we sat down to play... um, (laughs) This morning, we sat down to play um, a game on the Nintendo 64. We played Mario Golf. Nice. That's a good one. Love that game. At the same time that we were playing that, it was a lot of fun. 
Same time we were playing that, my stepson was downstairs playing something. I don't know what it was. I saw it right before I went upstairs, and he took a shot through a sniper rifle, and it followed the bullet straight into the guy's skull and out the other side. <laughs> sniper elite. I have no idea. <laughs> it looked amazing. And then I went upstairs and played, played Mario Golf. I played Perfect Dark earlier. So, I remember that. Yeah, just the dichotomy of video games in my house was uh, pretty funny today. <laughs> um, I used to really love uh, Hot Shots Golf. It was uh, basically love the it's the same PlayStation thing. version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember playing MS Golf. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I remember playing real golf with a real club. <laughs> no, no, I played way. golf. Too. Yeah, dude, I played golf. Yeah, I've actually never Jason. played golf. I'm so uncultured. I yeah, never I played to, golf. I've never played golf. Dude, let's go. We're doing something at the moment. No, I know, but like sometimes <laughs> it's cold we, as shit. We're not going golfing. So many balls, and I mean like golf balls and other balls. Have you ever been to a driving range? Yeah, I've just never played around a golf. Man. I I had I inherited some clubs, and my house burned down, and we got new clubs, and then okay, so my clubs got lost out of my parents' garage. I'm pretty sure somebody came by and they left the garage door open and they just walked off with the golf clubs, just ripped them off. Right. Your dad sold the clubs for weed money. That's possible. Because that's what they they thought I I did. And I don't smoke. They were like, at one point, my parents were like, yeah, we never really knew what happened to your clubs. Your dad's so new and he was letting you take the fall. They stopped making eye contact with me. And I was like, I never hocked my golf clubs. Like, I never... (laughs) <laughs> Did you ever see me running around with, you know, a hundred bucks? Like, That's no. hilarious. Um, I guess that's it, guys. You want to move on to the next stop? I shed the blood of the Saxon All right, um, we got a donation. What? A donation to the podcast uh, from what? rent from Rendron of money, cash. No, you're, are you kidding? S- nope, swear to God. I didn't Someone's know they were trying a- to buy our love. <laughs> yeah. Are you Some- serious? Somebody hit the uh, the tip jar. Oh. Yeah, the Make-A-Wish podcast foundation. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that somebody is Rendron. And, um, we know him. So this segment is brought to you by Rendron. Him or her. Why don't you tell us these things? You think they're just like our surprises or your responses are great. <laughs> Here's to geeks everywhere and all their hobbies. All the people I game with in Twin Falls, Idaho. Special thanks to Andy, Glenn, and Nathan, who've helped me make the Pathfinder Society successful here and will help me to build the gaming community in our area. Lastly, here's to all the podcasts out there like the D and D Penny Arcade live live play. They got me motivated back into gaming, especially the three point five private sanctuary group. Carpe GM, Metagamers Anonymous, you've all been a great community to be part of. Rendron, thank you very much. Uh, the reason I read that is because if someone donates, I'm going to let them sponsor a segment of the podcast. You know, if they have a blog or a website or uh, a game group, you know, you, you want to make a shout out to the Third Street Gaming Goons or whatever. Or if, I guess if you just want to hear us say something ridiculous, I guess that's possible too. <laughs> like, are you going to be like, you give us money, we'll talk about something? This is yeah, literally it's, panhandling. It's- it's no, he's, he's saying write anything and I will read it if you give me money. Yeah, it's within um, reason, right? Like, what if Buffalo Bill donates like two G? Like, do we have like, to like? It's a little, it's a little creepy. <laughs> that's that's weird, man. Dropping I was, stacks. I was just saying as an appreciate as a an appreciation for uh, the donation. Uh, if, if anybody wants to donate, if they happen to have a blog or something like that, we'll definitely. Oh, what was that? The Pathfinder Society there in Twin Falls. 
Like Lex Luthor gave us like two million. I own you now. (laughs) Get me those Carpe GM. It's Kingpin. (laughs) Get me Dan, Steve, Mac, and Tyler. I want what? And Bass. Start my own podcast. I want those with beer and liquor. Uh, they, were, <laughs> they work for me he's now. Just got a, he's just got a bass cut. <laughs> um, they work for me now. I never so, miss. <laughs> I would haunt you, motherfuckers, if you sold out without me. I would haunt the shit out of you guys. But can we still use your house? <laughs> you. <laughs> I would call the god. Police. Oh, jeez. Get these podcasting motherfuckers out of my house right now. Fucking nerds. We're all like hiding with mics. Steve's like, what's going on, officers? He like got the mic at the door. He's like, he like holds Scratching. the mic up to the officer. So are you like, a gamer? So are you gamer? Uh, well, I play Call of Duty. Get the fuck out of my house. Uh, Get me those carpe just, just, Does Madden count? <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, officer. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. Okay, what were we talking about? I was just saying, we appreciate the donations. Yeah, we do. Um, thank you so much. Um, I'm eventually going to get you something for this stuff. You know, if we, if we can get enough stickers or a t-shirt or something. We'll, we'll see about some swag. I some decals. I, want, dude, I totally want Steve's stickers. <laughs> It's just, just like, my face. Doesn't even say anything. No, it's, just, it's just like, um, no. <laughs> like on the bottom. It's like Steve with a hero click, like hashtag YOLO. It's like, it's like Steve with a lasagna. Like, oh, good lord. Uh, coming soon, Steve stickers. Anyway, the uh, the time to pay for the hosting and everything is coming up, so appreci- donations are appreciated. Speaking of particular organizations, I think yeah. he said he had the, the Pathfinder Society there in Twin yeah. Falls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody here except Dan was in Wargamers Club in high school, right? Not him. No, Tyler wasn't? No. I was not. Tyler's the cool kid. Yep. I, like, I was, hey. Not like officially, but I mean. Okay. Steve well, just showed up. As people who yeah, have previously been members. Yeah. As people who have previously been members of. You were president, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we president now. <laughs> as people who have previously been members of organizations particularly dedicated to gaming. You're going to be accused of a lot of things. Satan worship. Uh, <laughs> not so much anymore, man. A lot man. of drug dealing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe on the drug dealing, or was it the, or was Maybe. it the homosexuality? Maybe I don't you're know you're up late. You got people coming in and out. You get you gather in large groups. You stay up all night. Oh long, no! Look, you know. like, there's a lot of gay drug dealers in the gaming community. I, I, I used to hang out. I used Tyler, to, what are you doing? We're a couple generations down on local game stores, but back in the day when the local game store in this area was Got Game, I used to I was playing cards competitively and traveling a lot. And we and that's where we hung out. And so, a couple of the guys worked there. We had keys, and we would be there all hours yeah. of the night. Yeah. And it got to where cops would literally roll up, walk in, yeah. and ask us what we were doing. Yep. And sometimes we were playing Halo, and they'd sit down and play Halo. Yep. And that was awesome. And sometimes yep. we were playing cards, and it was like, what do you mean you're playing cards? Yeah. <laughs> like We're playing yeah. magic. <laughs> Somebody's in the corner trying to write out their next like Legend of the Five Rings RPG like <laughs> Characters. Adve- adventure, and they're like, the cop- what's, what's that guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> the cops like so really you got the suspicious. cops thinking you've got a, a back house a game, yeah, and that guy's over there running the books. Got, you're running like we were, pie We were coming and... in and out of the back room all the That's time. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it looked dirty as hell. There's a den full of like Chinese people back there <laughs> shuffling tiles around, making pie gouts. Stacks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're, go- you're going across the street, <laughs> like, so far away. cashing it in. Oh, Here's this ticket. Goodness. Take it somewhere. So else. anyway, just mind your p's and q's <laughs> and tell the cops what they want to hear. 
Why do, why do I hear like a lot of machinery in the back room? <laughs> nothing. It's nothing. Depending on your age and location, this also works for your mom. Yep. Mind your I'm not sure what that. Oh, and don't and tell your mom what she wants to hear. Oh, okay, got it. Come on, Dan. Sorry, man. Okay, that was rough. <laughs> no, that was good. It was gold. Was... We print gold here. It was rough, Topic today. We, we president now. <laughs> Much like Mary Jane, it was rough, but we liked it. Only with Doc Ock. Um, <laughs> okay, so rippling through the gaming podcast community, uh, it's kind of uh, been the topic of a lot of discussions lately. We're going to just go ahead and follow suit. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you why shortly. The topic is GM dice fudging. Is it okay? Is it not? There's a, There's a lot of podcasts out there that have talked about it, but I think ours brings something different to the table. And that's the fact that we are not a game group. We come from varying backgrounds. We come from varying histories. And we all hate each other. Yeah, I and was going to say, we, I hate you We guys. secretly want to choke this stuff out of each other. Anyway, I think that dynamic is going to lead to a pretty good um, conversation. It's been covered by, I think the latest one I heard was on Happy Jack's. Uh, they always make great points. Stu echoes a lot of my sentiments. I've always found chowder to echo a lot of my sentiments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In any case, what do you guys think? Can GMs fudge die rolls? We'll start with uh, Steve. What do you think? If it's appropriate, yeah. What's appropriate? What's I, that mean? I would say if you feel like you being honest about your die roll that you just rolled is going to make the game less interesting or less fun, then you can you can lie about it just to carry on or demonstrate something that you want to happen or carry the action a little bit better in your game. So if, do you use a screen? Oh yeah, I use a screen or at least keep my die roll secret. Just Where else are you gonna hide up. the booze? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Is it secret? Is it safe? So you you're fine with fudging whatever the GM feels appropriate. I fudge whenever I feel like I don't want the game to hit a dead end or just I just a bad turn to make, yeah. keep yeah. it interesting you rat bastard <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do all right Mac all right no no really? I mean you I have pers- that coming I have personally <laughs> <laughs> I have personally fudged die rolls when I'm being a very bad GM and like if they succeeded at whatever they were trying to do I would seriously not know where to go from there I mean kind of everybody did it when they were like 14 you know, that's there's that just, was the. There's times when I just like don't want characters to die and stuff. I mean, yeah. Well, say, okay. Okay. With regards to checks and difficulty, I don't know where players, where GMs got the idea that somebody wrote, somebody spent a lot of time developing extremely like thought out and tabled out mechanics and for for dice checks and conduct for rolls, and then GMs decided they weren't going to pay any attention to it. <laughs> this is what it takes to jump. All right. This is what it takes to you know climb a wall. And that's what it takes. The modifiers exist already. Somebody really clever thought them out for very good reasons. I can understand that there are some extreme, like saving somebody's life to not just like leave them completely out of it. But what about the epic death? If you're going to really, right. If you're going to really surrender to the idea that this is realism, you got to just let the dice fall where they will, you know? Tyler, what do you think? I think Steve was on the right track in that you kind of have to make the call. There's no objective, like right or wrong time to like fudge those dice rolls. But if you, as a GM, think that it will adversely affect both the players and you in overall experience, then maybe you need to, you know, fudge it up a little bit. Okay. Just for the fact that, you know, it's it's just for the, the, the good of the game, I guess. Okay. 
for both parties. So benevolent use. Yeah, benevolent use, and of mm. course, you know, it's it kind of some of it comes back to the trust that the players have to have in the GM in the first place. Just well, you know. I, I think that they can be dangerous if the relationship between the players and the GM isn't the same relationship that like the. For instance, if the players are if the player's a power gamer and the GM is just interested in telling a story, the player is going to see the GM as an adversary, despite the fact that the GM isn't like behaving that way. And if the GM fudges a role in order to like continue telling the story or to make something more convenient or anything like that, the player's gonna start you, you know, that the the player's perspective is if they ever find out about something like this, is that they're screwing you over. Like Yeah, but I think in all cases, like the GM sort of a facilitator in this entire process so the, like you know and and i keep taking the the stance that the gm is making the players fail at something which isn't necessarily the way it happens but do you 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 think maybe it will it is <clears throat> you think maybe that because the gm is helping the player out that maybe he's making the players fail at something too i don't know i mean if there's if if you if the gm takes takes the time to balance it like to artificially you know if i fudge you in the storyline here you're going to do something really epic later well, maybe that's cool. All right. Brian, what do you think? Uh, depending on what system I'm playing really matters, I think, in this in this occasion. Um, really? Why? How so? Okay, like, say I'm talking Pathfinder. Right. Most of the times I can play Pathfinder, like, I don't even need numbers a book, or a yeah. book. Or I'm just like, you do it. I, I, I do not care. Uh, so you're yes, Andy? Oh, uh, no. I, well, you're I, not even rolling, though. You're no. just judging whether it's they like, do it yeah, or not. It's like, yeah, you got some hit points. Like I, Diceless I, GMing is, is something to be... I know. I almost okay. Here, here's like an example. So I'm like, uh, one of my players is says, I want to run up to the dragon and do like a leap jump with my great sword and cut at his uh, snout and try to uh, make him not be able to do his breath weapon. Well, instead of going through the books and trying to find out called shots for dragon snouts, I'm I just make him roll a roll, and they're just like, oh well, I only rolled a ten. I'm, I still I'm just like, you do it. Like you, you came up with the. You don't even like. Without looking it up, just peg a DC and then see if they no. make it. No, nah. and just like if you came up with the enough effort to give me that description, whatever, go okay. for it. And with when it comes to like me rolling against the players, I generally pull my punches every roll. I mean, I've played games where if you better describe, what so you're are your do. characters never afraid of dying? Like, do you take that tension out of the game then? A lot of times, yes, but I mean, sometimes I'll kill. And there's lately I've been killing characters, but it's just like. I hate making people re-roll characters. Like it's just, it's, <laughs> like, it's so lame. Like yeah. it's just like, like the last couple sessions, I have been told by my players to try out being more brutal, and I did, and I killed everybody but two people in my party. And the rest of the time, they just kind of like sat there with a sour look on their face. I'm like, this is why I don't do this. Shit. Like I just don't do it. I like, I like your characters feeling heroic, and you know, like, well, how awesome would it have been in Lord of the Rings if like. In the halfway through the second movie, like Aragorn just got killed by a random orc who like got a critical hit. Like that would not happen. It's not heroic. It's not cool. Well, you know, the game has a lot of guides. Speaking of Pathfinder, the game has a lot of guides in it for how you pair, uh, you know, encounters with party groups. And it shouldn't. It like it, not everybody in the world who's playing this game is dying all the time. So why is this happening? That you're killing your characters this much? Do you just roll high all the time? Or I mean, no, but. Well, I'm not going to say I have dumb players, but <laughs> that's a fun way of doing that without doing that. But a lot of the players, okay, Mac, have you played Pathfinder before? Yeah. What does a dragon do? No idea. It's been right. It's been forever. Exactly. Like they will kill you in a second, 
and like most most people think like, oh, it's a dragon. It's got a lot of hit points. It can fly around. It can make a breath weapon. This thing's gonna destroy you. Oh no, they've got magical abilities. And yeah. But the the thing stuff. with games like that, those I'd are never the. Mess with a dragon. And this is the other thing that I Go hate. It, and it has and it comes to fudging dice rolls. Either it comes to I have one big dude who is either going to turn around, attack, go first, and attack and kill your character, and then the next round, four people attack it, and it dies. So it's not ever going to live more than one round. And if it does live around, it's just going to kill one of your characters. Or I play like a ton of little dudes, and combat slows down to molasses and is boring as hell, and then that random one orc gets a natural 20 on your character and kills him. So it's if you don't create the scenario where it's fun in Pathfinder specifically to where you can just fudge the rolls and be like, yeah, you did it, you know. And what you're saying is that their encounters are badly graded. like, uh, Or I just suck at it. Because <laughs> like, like, I'm, like, I'm saying, like, if this were, you know, any of the MMOs I play or whatever, and these were boss fights or pulls in a dungeon, and it's either a million little things and you're just going through an AOE rotation over and over again, and, and if you ever pull aggro, you're just dead, that would suck. And if it was one giant thing that tanks can't possibly tank and it just immediately kills you it kills one guy but it has only enough like to balance it to make it possible to do the the, the rest of the party just immediately kills it the fight's 30 seconds long and the tank yeah. always dies like that would suck also yeah but you can't even balance it out because what do you do okay and then i'm now i'm fudging the character's health by like it has like 300 health now it has like 700 health so it can li- live like I triple its health, Those so are all fudging. more than one wrong. Those are all more, fudging. More right, but it's what happens necessarily... now is it kills the second character exactly. in the next round. Yeah. It's not necessarily about um, I did, Pathfinder I, just, I need to go to DM school, man. Like somebody, <laughs> like, well, I, I mean, I've been doing it for so long, and I've just been doing the same old tired stuff. And I've just bought one of those Pathfinder adventure modules. I can't yeah. put myself through like reading it because it's one? so freaking boring. <laughs> like it's it's cool. It's um it's the it's the follow up to Rise of the Rune Lords. It's the one they're coming out with right uh-huh. now. Yeah. It's called like something in Veresia or something. It's yeah. It's, it's a it's a really big scale one, isn't it? Uh no, it's the one where like everything happens in one dungeon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what I was saying about depends on the system in Savage Worlds, which I've been playing a lot lately. I'm not pulling any rules because you can do the same thing I can do to you. I feel no different as an enemy as I do to your character because I got all these goofy abilities in Pathfinder, you know, that can like do stuff. But in Savage Worlds, I'm going to be able to explode on a dice just as much as you can. So this one zombie could run up and kill you and you know the system's deadly. So if you mess it up, I'm going to kill you. Like I'm not gonna. I roll so, my dice in front of people. In okay, Savage so Worlds. you're not fudging dice when you're playing Savage Worlds. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting how this feeds back to whether you disguise your dice rolls or not, which we talked about in like our. Yeah, I we do talked about it a long time. In Pathfinder. I do too. Um, I fudge my rolls. I mean, not all the time, and not any specific um, reason. Uh, my current game group is my kids. I can kind of read my kids, and that comes down to your GM knowing the group and the and the group trusting your GM. But I mean, I mean, I roll the dice behind the screen just like everybody else, just to get an effect. From the just to get a reaction from the players, there may be no reason I'm rolling the dice, right? You've done this, right? Right. Roll the dice just randomly behind the screen for no reason, yeah, just to put too. the players on edge, just to affect that meta attitude, right, Mac? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by pulling that screen away, you lose that tool of tension. But at the same time, you gain the tool of the the die being the arbiter of the rules, right? All of a sudden. 
when that die rolls, everybody around the table is hum- hunched over the table looking at uh, looking at what's what's coming up. Yeah, the thing with the die, where the dies are the arbiter of the rules. I almost like uh, just thinking about all this. I've been thinking about this whole topic a lot lately about just how the systems work and how it works with the flow. Right. I want to play fourth edition again because yeah, I like kind of. That's what I, I was thinking when you were that. talking about how their monster manual and stuff and their party uh, challenge rating system and stuff is messed up. I was thinking fourth ed was well, supposedly just, supposed to fix that. Right, but you can never kill just, anybody in fourth ed. It's not you can. They're wild. You bosses, can take right? them down. You just have to blow a lot of cooldowns, and then if you have more in the encounter, you're just like. Uh, and one of your complaints was battle slowing to molasses. I mean, fourth edition. It does fourth slow down, but it is way more interesting because like you can do. It's the, a board game. It's yeah, a strategy board, board games game. are more fun than rolling dice and just saying you hit. See, you I, I I don't know about that, man. I I've I, played I, many campaigns where we didn't use a map and it was all just in this cinematography of the mind's eye where you I are, don't think that most the, of the campaigns I played that way were that way, but Fourth Ed doing combat. Yeah, you can't do that. Fourth Ed did everything except combat in your mind's eye. Now that being said, let's say you're playing a game like Fourth Edition or Pathfinder, or whatever, and you're playing without a screen. Because I'm assuming the people who don't like the die fudging don't want to use a screen. I screen my notes. You don't screen your dice, though. But in the process of doing that, when you're rolling your dice out on the table, other players who know the mechanics can then tell what it is you're rolling, right? Well... If you rolled a 19 and you missed, you're giving away the mystery of how this person, you know, how good or how skilled this... Yeah, NPC absolutely. is. I, I agree with that too. Well, but remember, we had this conversation. We were talking about, don't you know how well you attacked with your sword, and if they managed right. to, right? But if you can anyway? see their margin of error, as in, I'm a player and you're the GM. You roll the die, you roll a 17, and I know that it misses. I can then figure out what level your character is, what abilities of mine are going to work the best, what spells you may have if you're a wizard. So I on think and that's so all forth. true to combat, though. If you're really good with a sword, and you know you're really good with a sword. But the problem is the randomizer effect of the die will allow even the most rudimentary of warriors potentially to get a critical hit on somebody. It's the whole argument and when where you, like 300 dudes with a rock can kill the terrorist by rolling 320s yeah, in a row. Well, that's, well, they that's pass an age it because it's an instant action. It's a real gun. <laughs> right. No, that's what it is. That's the mm-hmm. joke. Three, 300, oh, yeah, 300 level that. one villagers pass a rock from, from hand to hand to each other because it's an instant action. Yeah. You can do an unlimited number of times with no. So you can hold at action. the end, and then at the end, there's a Terrasque. So, <laughs> so they've all held their action. They all pass it instantaneously. The rock travels from one end to the other in no time. So it's now traveling like faster than the speed of light and goes straight into the Terrasque and like knocks it off the planet. Yeah. Brilliant. So, um, I fudge dice to possibly keep a character alive, but I mean, in, in doing that, you're probably robbing them of an epic death or a really terrible death. It could happen. Really stupid death. There's very uh, few times epic death really comes into play. No, them no. I've you, seen some pretty, epic there's deaths. some pretty great stuff, pretty great stories out there. I'd say the driving motivation for me, it's always benevolent. I never fudge against the characters. Not the die roll. Now, I have been known to have underestimated the character's abilities from time to time and then all of a sudden beefed up the monster's stats because yeah. or oh, double yeah. them up. Oh, yeah. I mean, what GM hasn't done this? Right. You, you, you do it to bring a challenge to the table. You do it with the game in, in, in spirit, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, if you have the douchebag GM who is actually just playing adversarial, adversarial D, D&D. Oh, and I play they're, with those. And they're just literally <laughs> trying to do player versus GM. If that's not the game that you're supposed to be playing, 
If it's not the tabletop strategy board game, two players head to head, then they're the problem. Their motivation is the problem. I don't think the fudging of the dice roll is the problem. I think the motivation is the problem. Steve, you were talking about trying to make sure that there's a good challenge or trying to make sure that the, the players don't die or, uh, you know, make somebody roll up a new character five minutes yeah. into a game, I think is one that I've heard. I just like to see encounters and fights sometimes as like storytelling right. elements. Like I come up with something and I choose my monsters for a reason. I mean, sometimes I'll choose them as filler. Just be like, okay, they need a fight here because I think it would be cool to just like have kind of a generic fight here. Sometimes I choose my monsters as like mini bosses or something like that, where I think, okay, this monster has something cool. If he can get this off and do this and show it to the players, I think that it will kind of make it more interesting, kind of spice it up a little bit okay. because it's exciting. And if I feel I need to fudge it to get to that point, to get that monster to get his cool attack off. But or up something. to this point, you haven't killed any players. Yeah. You're not, you're not um, stacking the deck against the players. And a you're lot not... of times, there's, <laughs> there's been lots of times where a creature has been dead for like three rounds, and I'm just like. He's not dead yet. Oh, I do that all, all the time. <laughs> just because you you yeah. you structured the encounter just, badly. Just because I think it would be it's more entertaining and more fun to have the PCs continue this fight for a while until I'm like, okay, he's dead. Like they've seen enough. I once had a PC <laughs> fight a mummy and just fail the hell out of their like resistance rolls for mummy rot, and and they were like level one. They were screwed. But what does this mean? Like, what does this all mean? Like, does it mean the game's flawed? Does it mean no, no, no? I think that there's definitely some flaw in there. It depends on what you're. It depends on how what type of game you're going to play, though. I mean, if you want to play a table, you know, dice out on the table, everybody's watching the dice, everybody can see what's happening. You play that game. There's no wrong way to do it. If you're having right. fun, you're doing it right. My view on it is very simple. I am totally for the GM benevolently fudging a die roll. As long as it's for the good of the players or the story or something along those lines, it, it B, it doesn't kill a character, you know, and you're not just randomly stealing items from the players. You're not being a douchebag with it. And C, shut the hell up about it. Don't tell the players you fudged the die roll. Oh, yeah. I Don't never be do that. so benevolent that you have to let them know that you were being benevolent. I think that's the key, and I think the fact Who that so many, that? I think the fact that so many people are talking about this type of thing is actually counterproductive to the subject matter that we're talking about. I'd kind of be interested to hear some of the GMs in those groups you've been talking about that do podcasts, where they are a gaming group themselves. I wonder if there's been any. You mean you fudged that? Right, right, <laughs> like, yeah. right. You fudged it. So I think uh, I, I think fudge it every time. <laughs> just, just, just a table dive. Like, yeah. <laughs> You son of a... I haven't not fudged it the entire time we've been a group. <laughs> I've been fudging it since we sat down to record this podcast. <laughs> That's what These it is. These chairs are white. You're sitting on your bed. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> finally, the answer to who pooped the bed. <laughs> oh. I, I think a real thing is, too, like, I'm sorry to say this, but I just feel like we suck at DMing. Like, there's this... I understand how to it do it. It doesn't matter, and, though. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. If I am playing, yes. Uh, there's a level where I know how to do it. I've been doing it for years. I've been doing the same thing every year. But, like, 
there's there's then one more step that I've never been able to just go like like take and it where it would make me a fantastic DM or or like you know, I've listened to some actual plays podcasts and hearing how the DM is like prepared for everything right, and like knows the... what's going on and the players are playing well playing the game and not like forcing me to make you play the game which sucks ass when you when players force you to make them play the game you're like why did you roll a character if you're just going to sit there and say nothing We've... On Tuesday nights, I play a game. Steve is the only goddamn person who says anything. Almost <laughs> like he, I'm like, I go like, dude. I have one player who sits there, and he's he's usually baked out of his mind, but he just sits there. And I like, I'm like, hey, what do you do? And he's like, I follow them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I I I I think scripting might be the next step for you. I don't think that necessarily finishes your fixes your play group though. Like, if anybody who's listening out there can, like, send me a letter about how to GM, not like a retard, or like, just like, just like, I, I've been doing it for so, I GM like five campaigns a week. I'm not even kidding, even right now. And I've campaigned almost 99.999% of the campaigns I've played in since I was 16 years old. I've GM'd everything, like, and I barely ever get to play. Here, and I thing, and man. I can't believe people still want to play under me. Here's the <laughs> thing. Like, I just want to play the game. He's jaded. Oh. <laughs> I, I've heard your games. I've heard your players talk about your games. I've helped you. I mean, we've consulted on multiple yeah. games. Yes. And um, they've turned out really well. The problem here is I think you wing it so much that you're like, I didn't even do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you prepare enough. Although, I don't prepare enough. Well, don't I'm be not... like me and prepare too much. Okay, well, I sit, okay, this is what happens when I sit down and prepare. I get a piece of paper out and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? All right, I guess there's an orc. <laughs> I, guess, uh, I guess he's got a magic sword. I guess he's in this desert tent. And I'm just like, well, screw this. I know all the rules for orcs anyway. And I just throw the paper away. I'm like, all right, you're in a desert. There's a tent. You see an orc. Like, and then that just comes out. And then I'm having zero fun. And then I've got to force my players to play the game that I'm not having. You're trying to get them need, to give you the right. story that you were supposed to have in your head when you yes. sat down to write. But did, wh- yes, I am trying to Here's do the that. Th- this but is another. It doesn't matter what I. I, 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 I I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Just, here's another factor here. There's a couple of other things when it comes to fudging dice rolls. Okay. Number one, it's a collaborative storytelling hobby. Okay, everyone should have their pieces, their their say in what goes on in this story. In a perfect campaign, right? Yes. By fudging dice rolls, are you robbing the players of that piece of the the hobby? I I was gonna say like my ca- you summed up your position f- for the positive for fudging right. dice. Rolls. Do it and shut up about it. My That's position correct. for the negative, well, and and if it if you can be benevolent about it, be benevolent about it. My position is when you sit down to play any given system. You need to adopt some attitudes with regards to the way the system is built. Establishing truths. All the all the things, you know, exactly what Seabass said before. Players who are playing Pathfinder need to know that they can't run out of dragon and kill it. Like, at, almost at any level. Like, at any level, they're going to risk dying. Like, yeah. Um, they, they need to know that. And if you got to play a couple games and have them be stupid and die because that's the way the dice work, then that's how you need to do it. Like, because then the, the stories that need to be told in that system are the ones that go around the dragon or you go talk to the dragon rather than just run at it and hit it, you know, or, or they got to go find the artifact that will allow them to, you know, magically one shot the dragon. Like that needs to be the, the people's attitudes and the whole baptism by fire thing. All like. the dice fudging for everything else just means you're not playing that game. 
You could go play some other system, I, or, or or GMs could write up their. I write up a lot of my own monsters because I I I I like the way these monsters behave, but I want to do it at this level where I am in the story. So I just have to like restat everything and call it something else so that my players aren't like repegging all these. Right, it's not. It's no longer I, a goblin. It's the. Uh, the I think di- fudging is fang. necessary in my my in, in my world because if I can't fudge, then I'm not gonna. It's just not gonna be fun for anybody. Like, it's just, I'm like, oh, I've, it's just not going to be fun because, like, if you, if the players aren't playing and you're just rolling against them, it's not going to be fun if you don't, like, fudge the stuff or, and, well, and the way you DM too, you're fudging it and then tell them about the cool thing they just did. Yeah. That's rough. Why don't man. you tell me what you do? Yeah, that's rough. And you play the game. Uh, it's, uh, the thing is, is you need new players. You I need do. more motivated players. Yeah, yeah you should, it's probably time to so, five five a week. You should probably drop drop a couple and see if you can play in one. See if I'm you can so, get I'm a, somebody in that. The, the the thing you DM Steven, see if he can DM it for a while. So you can that's get exactly play what's going to happen. So the I got other three sessions left in my epic dragon campaign where everybody died, and <laughs> and then I'll, I'm thinking about just killing them all next week, tomorrow. We play tomorrow. I'm thinking about killing them all and saying, "Steve, it's your turn." And you should kill. You should kill them all, and you should tell them all we got three sessions left, and kill them all in this session, and then go. Here's what happens in the rest of the world for like the next two sessions, and then give it over to Steve. You leave if they don't show up. You leave them a lengthy voicemail, like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when the season moves over to to syndicated cable. Oh, and oh. they don't have any of the same Speaking actors anymore." Like, <laughs> if you guys want to contact us to teach Brian how to GM, yeah, get on the speak pipe. It's on the uh, website. Hey, email car- Dan at carpe <laughs> GM. Speak pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> email Dan at carpe GM dot net and tell and tell him that hey, I'll help you, and then we'll get on, we'll get together, and I'll we'll have a little. Workshop for people to teach me how to DM better. Shop it out. Shop it out. Okay, so I got a couple more quick points. Also, I'll teach you how to throw pottery. Also, I'm decided right wow. here now. We're forcing Tyler to DM something very, very soon. soon. Not like very soon. I'm gonna give you something before you leave. <laughs> I'm gonna force you to read it and force you to DM it. I'm gonna plan it. I'm gonna ruin it. There's nobody. <laughs> Here, eat this food. I'm it's get, poison. I'm going to get eat super it. baked, and I'm just going to sit there and do nothing. And make you make me do stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> do, it, um, do it, and I'll spank you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You wouldn't let players fudge dice, right? No, because that's <laughs> cheating. It's happened. That's, that's cheating? That's the double yeah. on, That's the, that's the other side, too. though, right? No, it's cheating. Except that, <laughs> except that the one caveat that the player is responsible for their one thing... You know, they have their own little box there where they're... Is it you know, cheating if you can't do math? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. Yes. Because uh, this has been a real problem. This yes, this is... Yeah, I remember these stories. Somebody needs a calculator or a buddy. Um, um, <laughs> most of the people who so, can't do math don't have any but friends. But the GM is, now, is responsible for everything else that happens. What did you say, Dan? I said, but the GM is responsible for everything else that happens. Stu from um, Happy Jack's... Put it best. He was like, "Yeah, you're the player. I'm the GM. I have all the secrets. I have all the juice. It's not cheating if, if you're you God. want that. I think then GM a game. I think it's what your role is. The role of a player is to ensure that they have a good time. The role of a GM is to to make sure that everybody else has a good time. Right. See, I disagree like, with that. Well, you're right. If if the GM's role is to make sure that they have a good time, no, nope, I disagree. My with that idea too. of a good time is sometimes to kill the entire party. So if that's the- not productive. If the GM's um, if the GM's role is to GM just tell a story, he needs to write the novel. If it's just going to be okay, his story, retire your number. You just be like, I'm done. But um, <laughs> find somebody else to do your dirty. To work. do it collaboratively, 
with the other players is the goal is to tell a story collectively. Uh, the GM is just putting down the building blocks that the players are helping build the story with. Now, I personally, I'm not going to let players fudge dice rolls. No, it's cheating. I can <laughs> tell, but I'm going to do, do it. Ones with bennies. <laughs> I can tell the most epic crime and punishment storyline and fudge my rolls so that my characters can never possibly leave it, despite the fact that they're having a really terrible time. But they won't have a good time. So no, I think it's twofold at least. Like telling well, good stories is one thing, but being a sociopath is the other. The <laughs> well, they should, they should have an equal part. I mean, you're the director, but they're the actors, and it's all improv. So, that, I mean, they get to choose where their character's going and what they're doing. It doesn't matter. If you're going to tell the greatest story ever in this little town, and they're like, screw this, we leave, we're going to the dungeon. The greatest story ever told. There's nothing you can, I mean, what are you, you going to put if up a wall? That makes you the douchebag GM. If, if, if you're going to stop them from doing that, that makes you the douchebag GM. I'm just saying, I mean, like... A lot of my players wouldn't tell as good a story as I would, uh, you know. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Whoa. Fair yeah, enough. They wouldn't. Fair enough. So you have fun helping them tell the story. In any case, I understand the other side of the coin. TV Stop kids. fudging dry rolls. I get it. I get it. You Because uh, one of the big themes of our show is establishing truths, whether it's in your gaming, whether it's in your the game system you're playing, the world building, the adventures, you know, whatever it is, the social dynamic, the social contract, you're establishing truths around the table. Even on the first day that you've ever met these guys, you're establishing a truth. And if the truth that is established around the table is that the dice are king and what they say goes, then what you're going to be, what you're going to have are deadly battles. The GM is going to have to be very careful and selective about his encounters and the way he, he puts them together. And GMs are still going to fudge. Whether, it's their right. No, man. no, 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 no. I'm not even going to say that. I'm not going to say they're going to fudge the die rolls. If the if it's all centered around the die roll, then the GM is going to fudge something else so that the encounter can still be entertaining, like monster hit points, or oh look, another guy comes around the corner, or oh man, this guy's too powerful. I'm going to make bad strategic decisions with this guy to give the players an edge. That's all still fudging. Why? Yeah. Oh yeah. Doesn't it say in like every rule right, playing book yeah, the in the very beginning, just to be like, if you're not having any fun, do whatever you want. These rules are just here for right. no reason. That's what it says. Like, that's what it says. Yeah, but the beginning of every role play book says you probably shouldn't have bought this. But what are you doing? Um, I can understand. <laughs> I can understand the the need for the dice to to be fair. So I get it, and that's why I take my stance. I'm fudging die rolls. Shut up about it. Just right. shut up about it. I've never because really heard if you get... are telling a great story and you're having a great time He's as a player in my game, Mac, <laughs> and I'm fudging, a, I fudge a die roll that keeps you alive in a key point, and it comes down to one sword swing on either side, and you make it, and the other guy fails. You are now still alive because I fudged my die roll. If I don't tell you, is that not an epic battle? It it's an epic battle. All right. Now, the other side of that and coin is... my life is, is a lie. The other side of that coin is, and that, that, I'm glad you went there, is where would the game have gone had you not fudged that die roll? character sheet right. and took him like another two days to You messed with it. destiny. Possibly, but what if not? What if you hadn't fudged that die roll? Maybe uh, another character would come out that was born of the necessity of the party having to have a specific person in this area. So it, it comes off as some random shopkeeper or something who used to be an adventurer and... That player 
or that uh, PC tends happens to be even more fun and more engaging and exactly what that player needed to have more fun around the table. Who knows what experience you're robbing your players of by fudging the die rolls? Who knows what could have happened? So, I mean, there's a danger there. You should use that power as the GM to fudge your die rolls responsibly because ultimately you do have it. Whether my players like it or not, I do have that power. Okay, here's another counterpoint to that. I have one guy in my, one of my games that I've killed like twice. Okay. And I know he puts a lot of effort into his characters. He doesn't really know the system that well. And it takes a lot out of him to like make a character because I don't even think he owns the books. So whenever I kill his character, I can just see that little glinter in his eye. Yeah, you, like, you crush a little part of his soul. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Like, oh, like <laughs> you, need give, you need to give that guy the common sense feet. Where whenever he's going to do something really stupid, you tell him to roll common sense. But he sense makes and these these characters that aren't very like everybody else is like we're level bazillion, we have explodey spells, and I'm stronger than a bull. And he's like, I create this character who reads a book, and like you know, like I'm like that's awesome. I like your character, but then he just dies in one hit. You know, like and like when other guys are over here like exploding their dice into like. I do sixty hundred damage, and he's like, "I shoot it with my crossbow. I do four damage." And he's like, "Are you having fun, dude?" So, are you like, playing with a bunch of power I've gamers? Char- I've been that character in half the campaigns I've ever played. Are you playing with a bunch of power gamers? Yeah. Okay. Well, then he is he a power gamer? Obviously not. He doesn't have the books. If you have the books, you're a power gamer. It doesn't matter if you're not. <laughs> you got the books. You're looking at it, and you're like, "Oh, ooh, ooh. Like, you're like, I want to do all of that," and that makes you. I'm a power gamer, but that's just because I own the books. I look at them and I go, See, I, I, I want to play that. I want to do that. And that would go well with that. And that's, that's when you it. look at the mechanics of how some sort of attack works and see, oh, this one's more powerful than this one. You're just dumb. You're going to you blindly take... make that decision based on that. Nobody's going to be firing a crossbow when they know that guns are in the game. See, I disagree you know? because if this ability is more powerful than this ability, however, my character, this ability one uses a dagger and ability two uses a short sword. If I already have my dagger, I'm taking ability one, even though it's a lesser. Let me give you a scenario. I'm just saying, if I if my vision of my character has me with daggers or dirks or short swords or whatever, I'm going to take feats and abilities that are built around them. I have definitely married myself to an idea, to a vision of a character or of an attitude or of a role play style that I wanted to do, and I end up as the guy. Right, is talking I understand, about. but that only happens if you're sitting around a table in a sea of power gamers. If you're sitting around a table in a sea of other guys that are just creating their characters and playing their characters for the purpose of playing their characters, that doesn't happen. I can't. Okay. You've got a differential in your party that you in your gaming group that needs to be addressed. Either he needs to power game or he needs to get out. Okay. Let me give you this situation. You're playing a rogue. He does two things. He's skillful with the sword, and he's also high, has good talking skills. Okay, so he's a face man, right. Yeah, oh, he's a face man. And you got a choice of four feats. Three of them increase your armor, your ability to do more damage or to hit, or up your sneak attack. And one of them gives you plus one to streetwise. Nobody in their right mind is taking that streetwise. Depends one. on the game we're playing, and it depends on the character I'm playing. I'm sorry, you're wrong. No, depending, I'm not. depending, <laughs> depending on how many times you're in combat scenarios versus not combat scenarios, which we've talked before about. Fighting. Most of the time, you roll dice. You're in fighting scenarios. Yeah. So the games always find their way back there. Most of the mechanics focus on combat. Everybody's going to take the combat skill because because you're going to use it more than the yes. streetwise one. I disagree. 
The game uh, is based off of combat. I, that part of the game is based off of combat. But if there's a role okay, playing game or a storytelling, it. it may be ninety percent of your game, but it not, might not necessarily be ninety percent of the my book. Game. Okay, ninety percent of, of that book. book is is about how you do stuff in combat and how you get it, what your abilities do in combat. Let's just take right. class Let's features. Just take spells you get out from of three point five, and also of spells are damage dealing. Ninety percent of this stuff is combat. I tend to like to do more interesting things that more people aren't doing. Well, you play like second edition where things don't matter. I play everything. I play all. We only got four stats. Yeah, I'm telling you, like in 3.5 and Pathfinder, everything you get is a class feature. Everything you pick is to help you kill that thing better. What if you do not fight that thing? You're gonna end up fighting something sometime. Why? (laughs) I challenge you to run a campaign where there's only one battle, and it's at the very end, and no one will have any fun, including me. That that's just a product of your table. Because hang on, hang on, hang on. What if the table just goes? And this is what happens to me all the time. Yeah, they turn around. I attack the bartender. I attack it. Right. Uh, hey, I'm telling you, bartender's got to talk his way out of it. Dude, Run you a can't game. talk your way out of a sword in your face. <laughs> Run a game. I don't know. I'm telling you, you don't have to. I don't know. You don't have to Dan. embrace battle rules to to build an effective character. It's what people want to do. It's, it's why it's fun. I disagree. I disagree because there's a lot of people out there. <laughs> you build a paladin with a, like a full plate armor and a magical sword and a tower shield, and you're like, "All right, we're not going to have a fight until session ten. Okay. And it's no, the here's only one for you. Build a rogue. Here's one for you. Classes. Build a bard. Classes. Uh, rogues and bards. Sure. Most of the other classes. And even rogues are, are damage dealing classes. Like how how many monk? Uh, uh, how many entries in the entire monk thing? How many things will you write down on a monk character sheet while you're spending hours doing character generation? Are going to be about non-combat scenarios. None, zero, See, not one. No, that's not true. <laughs> what? Three point five monk. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, maybe three point five monk because okay. those stupid. <laughs> it's not stupid. It's fun, but it, um, ugh. but we're we're you're you're getting really fixated on fantasy battle. I'm that's talking what about. D&D is, I'm man. not just talking about D and D. This whole thing has all been about. It's been system agnostic. I'm talking about modern games. I'm talking about GURPS. I'm talking about anything else. Uh, horror games, you can totally build characters around right. other concepts. I agree. If you're playing a game that's all sword sword and board, then yeah, you better build up some battle skills. I used to play Mage, and the funny thing about Mage is the entire character sheet and the entire rule book is for uh, casting spells and what the greater world looks like and all this sort of stuff. And when you write up a level one character, you can't do any of that. You can walk around <laughs> as a person, and you have to role play your way through the first couple of levels because you can't combat or anything like. Damn! But the entire book is based on that. So what you what you feel like is not like you're having a good role play experience, not like you're having a good time being introduced to a story, being introduced to a world. You feel like there's all this crap I can't do. Exactly. I personally I, feel like I got a bad GM if I'm not having it, fun doing that. What exactly? How fun is four sessions or three fourths of each session just talking? I love it. It's not fun. I love it. That's when you build character arcs. You don't build character arcs in story with the it's sword not in your fun hand. When you, as the DM, is the only one talking. Well, I can't help that. I agree with that. I understand what you're saying. I told you, you need new players. You need players that are going to be engaged. I retire from DMing. <laughs> if anybody's <laughs> in the St. Louis area and like to play with Brian and show him what a real player's like, get a hold of me. We'll see. What I we feel like I'm about. an excellent player because I love doing stuff right. like that. I will take the non-combat feeds because I my favorite class is the bard. Right, I love it. It's super fun. I like being the comedian. I like doing all that stuff. I like doing trying to figure out roles for things that aren't in the book. I like doing that kind of stuff. But it all comes down to eventually you got to fight something. And I try to build the bard that can handle himself in combat too, or at least stay out of the way. But I like role play. 
I'm just saying this whole, this whole episode, you've just struck a nerve with me. <laughs> like this that is, was the it's plan. a very sensitive topic for me, especially Brian. Right now. I think you handled it great. Thank you guys. I appreciate uh, appreciate your input. Did anybody else have anything to add on this? Extremely hot bucket and button topic here. Hot bucket topic. <laughs> hot buckets. It's a hot chicken. Bucket. I don't want any part of this. Tyler, you don't want in. Dinner, hot no. How do you feel Unless as a player? Dollars at KFC. How do you feel as a player? Now if... I'm hungry. Tyler, you're getting trial by fire. Do you? Uh... <laughs> which 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 system do you want to run? Fourth edition. We just picked. All right, great. You're, <laughs> Tyler, you're what, DMing fourth uh, edition for me and Mac. Do you feel cheated if a GM fudges a roll? No. Do you feel cheated if a GM kills you while fudging a roll? No. What? Wait. Tyler's it depends. Wait. Just play. It, 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 well, well, fudging a roll. It depends. Okay. How do you know? Um, it does, okay, somebody that's told it. Him? Actually, somebody told him. I changed my mind. We need to have the episode on character death before you go any further with down Didn't that we path. Do that already? No, we talked about it. We never did. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. We just talked about it. It's essentially the same thing. No, it's different. We talked a lot about killing or saving, but what happens when your character dies is what we, is yeah. another conversation. Where do they it's go? It's actually a conversation oh, no. we should have had before this one. Probably. To understand the penalties. Of, cause like, Probably, but with I, all the conversation. When you were saying before that they, what happens when you die, you spend two hours sitting in the corner while everybody else is playing the game trying yeah. to figure out what you're going to roll next because you can't roll the, re-roll the same thing. And then that guy's asking you play. questions because you're asking the DM, can I do this and this and that, and it's interrupting it's the interrupting game. Everything. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I was going to say, have them write up two characters. Write the character you want to play right now and the character you're going to play when I kill that character. But, you know, that's kind of... Well, that's fine. That's, do it. That's I know people who do No, if you're going to play a deadly game, if you're going to play a dice on the table... Roll it. Play the only where it lays. That is when you Roll play one character. character, and then once you get sort of kind of bored with it, you get you get the new shiny syndrome. With it, you're like, I got this other guy I really want to play, so no, I'm no. just going to kill. I wonder myself. how many times you would die, then immediately, and then die in the same session before you could even write up another character, like in between. That that's a possible flaw with the whole scenario. You'd have to be, you know. I listened to some actual play recently from this one people that are playing fourth edition, and like the second, the second or third session, dude dies. He just doesn't even come anymore. Jeez. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, I think I'm going to call it, guys. Uh. <laughs> I need a cigarette. You're going to retire from, from I am DMing. Reti- I am retiring from GM. They're just going to like hang up one of your T-shirts from the <laughs> ceiling of the game store. Yeah. <laughs> it's going like to be dirty. That, that's, I said before, they're just going to retire. Yeah. He's just going to retire his number. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to come and show up on a Tuesday He's night. He's going to go start gonna... playing Call of Duty. He's going to pull a Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be like... Ladies and gentlemen, before we begin this game session, we'd like to <laughs> acknowledge all have your the attention, work. Please, on the center, the center table. All this is to acknowledge all the work that he's done for us. These years. You're just gonna have to show up and do like, a montage. You're gonna, have, you're gonna have, I'm just like super angry all the time. I'm like, oh. you're gonna have to show up at Tuesdays at, at, at Heroic or whatever and just watch. Like, just you like, show, you hey show guys, up in a what suit. Are you, guys doing? <laughs> you show up in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that we'll guy? We'll let you throw out the first eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> Critical hit. I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> I'm out. That's it. Oh, he threw a strike. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Carpe GM Gamecast. I'm Dan. I'm Steve. I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Tyler. And I'm Mac. And remember. Support the hobby. Support the industry. Support the local game store where you can see my retired jersey. (laughs) And support Adventure Quest. I'll haunt you. (laughs) I will put afterlife off until I'm exercised to haunt you. (laughs) (laughs) Life will be sh** for you. (laughs) I'm going full poltergeist. You can never masturbate again. (laughs) I'm just... I'm all...
The Carpe Diem Gamecast is presented under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License Version 3.0. For further discussion on this topic or just about anything else, join our forum at carpegmnet slash forum. To contact us with questions, comments, and other feedback, please send your emails to dan at carpegm.net. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook slash carpegm.net or follow us on Twitter at C-A-R-P-E underscore GM. Thanks for listening. Does a man have to fight all his life? Only in death to take flight to the skies. Warmongers fight to take my throne. No respect is ever shown. In borderland raids, they came in their hordes. Ransacking villages, taking the spoils. With nothing to lose and possessions few. Bold, sturdy, fearless, and cruel. Defiant of baptism on pain of death, tough measures call for me to be ruthless. To set an example to the rebels, draconian for their worship of devils. For thousand men, all dead in one day. They would not renounce their heathen ways. Thirty years of campaigning consumed to subject those pagans to Christian rule.
thousand men all dead in one day They would not renounce their heathen ways Thirty years of campaigning consumed To subject those pagans to Christian rule Saxon men. I shed the blood of the 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 Sa